Spider-Man. Yeah. Ooh, I just flipped the switch on you. Spider-Man, Batman, all kinds of news going on, Spencer. Yes. Like we'll start off with the happy news. Spider-Man is back in the MCU. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I like it. Um, I kind of figured it was going to happen. Too much money on the table for right? it not to happen. But then like, I, I saw a thing that made, like, um, you know, would upset me if it happened. Because it's only, like, to me, it's, like, his movie and, like, an appearance in, like, another movie. Yeah. But, like, then somebody's like, well, what about if they just try to, like, end game Spider-Man? Like, within those two movies, they do something that they can, like, with, like, Iron Man, they just, they write Spider-Man at the, you know, right. the MCU. They, they could do that. Somehow, like, uh, so. How do you feel about Ghost Rider? Because he oh, was he supposed to be on Hulu, a Yeah, show, he didn't get it, yeah. And they got rid of it, and they're talking about doing movies. Oh, yeah, I, I just saw that he, it, the Hulu show wasn't happening. I didn't see anything the reason about for, movie. The reason for that is because they decided they're going to put him in the MCU. Um, that'd be cool, but they're going to recast him. Well, yeah, you'd have to recast him. So I'm, I'm not saying Nicolas Cage shouldn't be recast. You know what? Fuck it. I, what I'm saying is Nicolas Cage should be recast. Yeah, he should just be Johnny Blaze, just old, haggard, sexy Johnny Blaze. But my brother came up with the best idea I've ever heard. Now, just hear me out. All right. Ghost Rider. Yeah. The whole time, he just has Flaming Skull Head. Yeah. And then when he turns into Ghost Rider, so he's just Johnny Blaze with Flaming Skull Head, yeah. and then when he turns into Ghost Rider, it's, it's just, just screaming Nicolas Cage yeah. Head. So, when he I turns into Ghost that. Rider, then he's just screaming <laughs> Nicolas Cage Head. I kind of So, like it's like this. reverse. Yeah, I kind of like Because the screaming Nicolas Cage Head is way scarier, in my opinion, than the Ghost Rider Head. But I think it would be cool, though, if they could work, like, some kind of cameo in with him, like, you know. They kind of have to. I mean, he was the only real Ghost Rider in the movie, so. And I mean, like, he needs the money, so it's not like it's going to be expensive. And yeah, people, you know, fans would be like, oh, you know, they dig that little shit. Final news that we'll touch on before we go into this episode completely unrelated to comics. The Joker backlash. Out of nowhere, without anybody really seeing the movie, the Joker's too violent now. People are saying it's going to cause incels and angry white men everywhere to shoot up places and go crazy. In a universe where there's three John Wick movies where he just literally kills everybody yeah. that exists. Yeah. That's fine. But God damn it, you have a Joker movie, Joaquin Phoenix, and he's going to kill some people. That's too much. How do you feel about that? It's just dumb. I like, It's one of those things like you know is going to happen. Especially considering how, you know, a few years ago you had the dude dressed up as the Joker shooting, like, the movie theater and all, all that nonsense. Well, that's kind of what started the debate, I guess. But, I mean, nobody seemed to care about the Heath Ledger Joker killing a bunch of people. Yeah. And Maybe because it wasn't rated R, it wasn't as violent. I don't know. You can't... Because those people, like, say if somebody did see that movie and, uh, you know, they do something stupid... If it, if they made that movie from an R to a PG thirteen, they're just gonna find something else that was gonna make them go and do that. You know that same yeah. stupid thing. I mean, fucking uh, Son of Sam had his dog fucking tell him to you know murder yeah. people. So well, again, we're living in a country that we'd rather ban or boycott the movie than address the people who are getting fucking machine guns pretty much and yeah. killing people. Like, or, why don't we focus on that, maybe? Or even the other aspect of, like, like I was saying, the kind of people that are going to do that normally going to have some kind of mental imbalance anyways. 
looking to trying to get those people like the proper help that that's what i'm saying like why aren't we focusing on the actual problem which is the people that are committing these mass shootings not the fucking movies or video games i thought you were more talking about like the the selling of guns and stuff like that when you said that no i mean that i mean there's a factor if you have a weapon but even so doing the republican asshole side of the debate uh if you're crazy enough, you're still going to find a way to kill people, whether yeah. that's vans oh, or yeah, yeah. bombs. Or, I mean, in this country, it's pretty easy to find a way to kill mass people without guns. So, I mean, guns are a part of the issue, like just how easy they are for mentally unstable people to attain. But the problem is the people that are fucking doing this in the first place. There's yeah. plenty of people with guns that don't shoot people. Yeah, plenty. So I just, I just thought that was kind of a stoop. Like, don't blame the fucking Joker movie. Yeah. for especially, Go blame John Wick then if you're going to... like Especially if it hasn't, it hasn't came out yet. Yeah. Like... Uh, say if it comes out and, um, you know, say the Joker killed somebody in a particular way, like, a couple of times in the movie, and then people start killing people that way, then okay. Okay, you, they can maybe, but even then, that's still a stretch, but at least wait till the thing comes out. Well, what worries me now is that this might, inst- like, premeditated, like, instigate somebody to do it now they're like oh shit well you know i can kill a bunch of people they're gonna blame the joker like yeah. you know there's, use that as an excuse yeah or even some like super crazy leftist person who's like oh they're you know this will really get the gun debate sparked up yeah. just there's all kinds of fucking nut jobs out there but i thought i thought that idea was stupid i mean the john wick movies make gunplay look cool yeah the joker movie's not gonna do that obviously um i don't know i mean i guess we'll see how it goes but you know what one more little hint of murder. Talk before we get to the episode. The Irishman looks fucking om- like awesome. You see that? The no. new Martin Scorsese movie. It's got Joe Pesci, Robert De Niro, Al Pacino. Like, it's got all those dudes from the old fucking gangster yeah. movie days. And they de-aged them. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It, Is it weird? It's It looks pretty good. Did, from, what about Pesci? Pesci? How does Pesci look? They still look, you know, older, obviously. They didn't make them, like, 20. They just look. made, like, you know... Robert De Niro's like 80. They made him like 60 or something. Yeah. Uh, Pesci looks good. This is the first movie back in a long time. Yeah. It's three and a half hours long. But apparently from like all the screenings and stuff they've done, it's a masterpiece. Well, what, so is it just like a gangster movie or? Pretty much. Okay. I think it's about Jimmy Hoffa or something. Oh. Hmm. And for some reason, Robert De Niro plays the Irishman. Doesn't look too Irish to me. Yeah. But. No, I'll have to check yeah. that out. I don't think I'm going to see that in theater. That's a long-ass no, yeah. movie, but I'll, I will check it out. I'm going to go see uh, The Joker when that comes out, if you want to go see oh, that. Yeah, we can yeah go I'll do that, that. Mrs. isn't going to want to see that one. And then I'm going to see uh, Dr. Sleep and yeah. what else is out? I was going to ask you... That what, Rob Zombie movie, probably. Uh, what are your thoughts on that uh, Ad, Ad Astra, that Brad Pitt space movie? I didn't think... It looks okay, but I don't think I'm going to see it. No. You don't wait till it like, comes out. I just probably will never see it. It's one of those ones. It's like just at that level where it's like I'm interested, but I'm not gonna probably yeah. ever watch it. You know what? I'm happy. I'm happy that it seems like Brad Pitt's back to at least doing kind of like cool movies. Yeah, for a while there he was doing some. Well, for a while he wasn't even doing shit. He was producing. Yeah, like. Well, he won an Oscar for uh, what was that? He won an Oscar for for producing. I don't know. Was it Manchester by the Sea? Did he produce that? I don't fucking know. I don't remember. I just miss the days of Brad Pitt doing like badass like seven movies and uh, yeah and like yeah, Fight Club and that kind of shit. No, I mean that once a, oh, I gotta see the once a time uh, that, once upon a time in Hollywood because apparently that's just amazing. Well, I'm saying at least like with that and like at least this like debating on how good it is. At least it seems like a, like a like an interesting like movie yeah. like 
He's huh. just not just playing like the the love the leading man in something or right know. or just like the wise co actor guy. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just saying words. Let's get into this episode. Nobody yep. wants to hear us talk about fucking Brad Pitt. Man. Brad Pitt. He's still sexy, like fifty oh. something. I'd do him. <laughs> This is Caleb James with the DPW Podcast. All October, we're going to be doing horror, man. Probably not, but we're going to be doing a lot of horror episodes. And with my my co-host today, he's going to have a lot of horror-themed names. For today, the man of the hour, Spencer, the Dunwich Demon Church. Howdy, folks. Play on the Dunwich Horror from H.P. Lovecraft, which you have not read because no. you're a fuck. No. You Dunder Mifflin... <laughs> Ooh, whoa, whoa, man. I'm sorry, but I think yeah. it's scary. I think it's Scranton, Pennsylvania. <laughs> oh, man, if you could tell by the title, this episode's about classic horror literature. Classic horror... <laughs> sorry, I've been ill. Classic horror short stories that you should be reading. Have you read any of these on this list? I don't think so, no. This one is from theweek.com. W-E-E-K, not weak as in weak-boned from osteoporosis. We should get an osteoporosis sponsor. We should get sponsors by like old people things. I'll be okay with that. I mean, like AARP. Um, that that cell phone that you know that just goes by the minute and just has like texting yeah, on it. The company that makes those really big TV remotes, <laughs> with the huge buttons on them. Life alerts. <laughs> I would. I'd be down for that. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, all, old money spends just as well as anything. Yeah, and they buy dumb shit. They'd probably actually. Oh, yeah. They'd think they would have to pay for this, probably. And they would. They and they'd probably buy more than one of whatever it is. <laughs> yes. So nine classic horror stories you can read right now. If you go to this website, it's week.com.cdn.ampproject.org that's way too big of a name but if you go there you can actually read these stories if you want for free which i have not but um a couple of these i've read at least let's get into it like i've, like I've heard of um, a good bit of them i just haven't you know well i'm sure a lot of these have been adapted to other yeah. mediums too because they're so famous but number one i actually read this in the springtime maybe the Legend of Sleepy Hollow by Washington Irving. I don't know. Have you ever read the original Legend of Sleepy Hollow? No. I know you've probably seen the movies. Yeah, and stuff. yeah, yeah. I know the the story and stuff, but never actually read it. The original story is uh, a gothic horror tale, and it's quite boring. Oh yeah. I mean, it's got Ichabod Crane, and it's got the headless horseman chasing him, but it's just not. Even back then, I don't think it would be really scary. I mean, it had a little bit of cool imagery. But, it, you know, it's a short story. It wasn't very long. But obviously what we remember from the movies and stuff, whether it's the Johnny Depp or the cartoon that we all saw when we were kids, the adaptation's much, much more entertaining. Oh, yeah. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't read it. No, no. I would, I would urge everyone to... I, I always urge everybody to read the origins of most popular fiction yeah. because it's usually that's different. It's, that's where it's spun from. Yeah, it's, good, it's just good to know. And plus, like, the writing... It's Washington Irving, so the fucking writing is good, obviously. I guess I could read their little synopsis here. Why not? There's a good chance you read Washington Irving's classic short story in high school. 
But the surprise success of Fox News TV series loosely based on the stories is a, there's a Fox News TV series. Yeah, it was a it, it's been canceled for a while now, uh, but it's like somehow they got to the present and stuff, and the Horseman was yeah. Doing, yeah it was, I never watched it. I thought this was going to have. Um, some excerpts, but it does not, no. so I probably won't read these, actually. I'll, I'll read the ones we don't know. Number two, William Wilson by Edgar Allan Poe, written in 1839. I don't remember if I read this, but isn't this, like, about a guy who maybe meets a guy that's himself? or It's something about a doppelganger, I think. Let's see what they say. There are any See, num- I figured you would have, you being the Poe guy. I have not got to the William Wilson. Like I said, I might have read it a long time ago. I'm pretty sure it's about a doppelganger. There are any number of Edgar Allan Poe short stories that are worthy of this list. Feel free to browse them all for yourself, and it has a link. But if I had to choose just one, I'd recommend the underrated William Wilson, in which a man describes a disturbing encounter with his own doppelganger. Yes, that is right. Yeah, that was it was a pretty cool story. I wouldn't say necessarily like traditional horror. It's more of like an unsettling. Like, what would you do if you're walking around town and you you know there's like another version of you out there? And maybe you just see him from a distance, but you never can quite. Like that'd be weird, especially considering back when it when it say it was written nineteen thirty nine eighteen yeah sorry eighteen thirty nine so like just imagine even back then like because even like now would be creepy enough and there would be different things you could do to try to prevent well the idea of doppelgangers has been used in modern fiction for a long time but like you said eighteen thirty nine I mean. I can't say what the first use of a doppelganger in a story was, but Poe probably had to be one of the originators of making it a horror piece. Yeah. Number three. Is this guy French or Spanish? Number three, Carmilla by Sheridan Lafanu. Or is it Carmilla? He sounds like he's French. Or is that a lady? Carmilla, written in 1872. Bram Stoker gets a lot of credit for kicking off vampire literature with Dracula. But Sheraton Lafanu beat him to the punch a full 25 years earlier with the gothic tale Carmilla. The story follows the relationship between two young girls and modern readers, and modern readers are likely to figure out the so-called twist long before it's revealed. But Lafanu's prose is reliably gorgeous, and the story's lesbian undertones are surprisingly overt for a story of its era. Well, shit, a lesbian vampire story in 1872, that's something, uh, you... Couldn't get down on. I could, yes, definitely. That's something I could sink my teeth into. Oh shit! Make as much noise as possible. I just like haven't had to do that slowly, like roll to a to a stop. These coasters suck. They always stick to the glass. What's the fucking point Hmm. of them? Hey, can I get gross real quick? Yeah. A lesbian vampire story gives a whole new turn or a whole new meaning for the term bloodsucker. Yeah. Right. And I could add a couple other things yeah. about drinking blood and the word eating, but I'm not going to. Number four, The Striding Place by Gertrude Atherton, 1896. I am not aware of Gertrude Atherton as a writer. I never heard of her. Atherton's brief dreamlike short story, which has also been published under the titles The Twins and The Bell in the Fog, is set during a grouse hunting trip in Yorkshire. What the fuck's a grouse? Uh, is it a bird? Fox? Maybe. I don't know. Some kind of ground-dwelling mole creature? <laughs> Sounds like some people I used to work with. 
As a man searches the woods for a friend who disappeared under mysterious circumstances two days earlier, it's never fully clear that has happened. But the story's final two sentences are all the more chilling for their ambiguity. Ambiguity. Hmm. Interesting. Alright, here's another one I've actually read. Number five, The Turn of the Screw by Henry James, written in 1898. There's nothing like a twisty ghost story, and Henry James established himself as one of the standard bearers with his legendary tale about a governess who becomes convinced that she and her charges are being stalked by ghosts. The story's limited perspective creates a sense of unreliability that continues to fuel debate among fans and critics more than a century after its original publication. I like tales about ghouls and goblins, but I also like the old ghost tale. So you said you read this one? Many years ago, when I was reading that uh, American Hort short story, was it the American? Sh- no, maybe the Gothic. I have a bunch of short story collections. I think one of them was like a Gothic horror stories. That's where I read the uh, Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. So I think that was uh, one of the first stories in here. It's been a. Co- it was like last year, the year before I read it. But I think I might even put this on DPW. I don't remember. Here's another one I read: The Monkey's Paw by W. W. Jacobs, written in 1902. This is one of the most famous short stories, actually. Yeah, I, like I've heard of this, but like, and you know, everybody always does like a parody of it and things like that. But I've never actually. Yeah, read this the has story. been adapted so many times. It's been on The Simpsons, like yeah. you said, in a parody form. It's been uh, ripped off in many other versions. You've probably seen it's one. A, of... It's probably a matter of time before we wait kind of some kind of story like it. Like... Yeah, pretty much. You've probably seen one of the countless parodies of The Monkey's Paw on film or TV, but have you ever read the original story? The twisty narrative follows a couple who receives a monkey's paw that grants them three wishes, but everything they ask for comes with a horrible, unintended consequence. I mean, this kind of goes hand in hand with, like, the evil genie. Like, I don't want to say genre, but... You know, version like the stories with the evil or genie, the, where or you the, or the devil, like you know, you you get, you know, you say you're so full every of wish, wish, but every wish has an awful, awful consequence that comes up with. Pretty much what it is is you can't fucking wish for shit. Like, yeah, if you get what you you know want without earning it or working for it, something bad will happen. So, you know, they say, "Oh, I'm bald. I wish for a full set of you know flowing golden locks." Yeah. All of a sudden, your wife's bald. Like, yeah. you know, something, something awful always happens. I'm going to have to get around. I'm going to I'm gonna have to read that one because that's something I always wanted. It's on to the site. Yeah. It's on DBW. You can read it on there. Or you can read it on here for free. It's a good thing about these old stories. They're public domain, a lot of them. Number seven, The Willows by Algernon Blackwood. I like that guy's name. Algernon. Yeah. Algernon. Written in 1907. Algernon Blackwood has fallen into relative obscurity outside horror circles. But he's, I, that's what we should get into, classic horror writers that nobody knows. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Well, then we could spout it off at fancy dinner parties that we yeah. don't go to, but yeah. we should. And then we could just, like, like people think we're really, really sophisticated. Yeah. And You'd be like, well, you know, Poe's good, but have you read Outer and Blackwood? Now, what you really need to get into is some scurvy McDaniels. That's, like, just make up names. They won't know after a while. And just imagine what those stories are probably like. Hmm. Well, you know what? My, one of my all-time favorite horror stories is written by uh guy I can't remember his fucking name now. Um Julius let me look it up real quick. I always forget his name because he's only he only writ, wrote one story. Oh really? At least one that he it was ever published, but it's one of like the best horror stories of all time, in my opinion. Is it an older Yeah, it was written in the thirties, I think. Is Man. his name Julius Long, maybe? Could you imagine that? Only ever getting one thing published, but it's like the greatest thing. Yeah, it's uh, The Pale Man by Julius Long. I also put that on DPW. He was a lawyer 
and he just wrote one horror story, but it's about a man who goes in a hotel. Back then, it was like a, you know, kind of like a country inn or something, mm. or like a little town inn. And he was staying there for a while, and I think he had like a nervous breakdown or something. There's this pale man who lives in the town, or in the hotel with him. And the guy, like he really, the guy who's staying there, he really wants to kind of meet the pale man, but he doesn't, because the guy's always around, but he's kind of weird. And, uh... Like, people keep dying in the hotel. And then every time somebody dies, the pale man takes the room, and he's getting closer and closer to the protagonist, like, moving room for room. And yeah. then you find out he's, like, the devil or death or something like that. But it's, it's a really, really well-written story. And I think the addition I put on DPW, I think I accompanied it with a... Uh, I might have. I, th- I think, like, somebody did a reading on YouTube. Uh. That's a really good version, so... That's worth checking out. Who's sending me pictures? Mindy, why are you sending me pictures? Uh, you eat balls. <laughs> and it's like a sticky pad writing thing. Like, nice. So apparently I eat balls. Breaking news. Is there a reason I eat balls? Or is this just common knowledge that you want our fans to know? Well, apparently I eat. <laughs> she just, there was, she just needed, there was a note for the podcast and it was that. You eat balls. balls. It was very like fancy how that was written. Anyway, Algernon Blackwood has fallen into relative obscurity outside of horror circles, but he's long overdue for a revival. His strongest story, The Willows, is a moody and ominous story about two friends who end up stranded alone on a riverbank during a canoe trip on the Danube. Or the Danube, I don't know. The Willows' creeping sense of dread is almost unmatched in horror fiction. At several several points during his lifetime, H.P. Lovecraft wrote that he considered it the greatest supernatural story of all time. Ooh, ooh. It's a pretty ringing endorsement. You're definitely going to have to check that out now. Yeah. If your boy said this is the greatest thing of all time. Why is he my boy? I don't know. He's your boy. uh, Poe's your boy. Look, I find Edgar Allan Poe far superior to one H.P. Lovecraft and way less racist. I like H.P. Lovecraft's imagery. His writing is a bit hard to read. But yes, I will say that uh, this sounds quite intriguing. Algernon Blackwood, folks. Check him out. I like finding people. I don't know. Speaking of H.P. Lovecraft, this is also one of my favorite stories. It's on the website as well. I, I must have just jacked this whole list yeah. because I, I have... We a, could just went to our website. We should have been, yeah. been, been pumping our website this whole time. Well, I also think that uh, this website probably did what we did. Like I said about the free use of yeah. public domain stories. These are all public domain, so... Number eight, The Outsider by H.P. Lovecraft, written in 1926. Like Poe, Lovecraft's canon is so rich that you'd be better off browsing a list of his public domain short stories or just picking up a full short story collection, which is what I have done. But if you're looking to dip your toe toe into the water, I'd suggest The Outsider, a strange, beautifully written tale about a man who finally escapes a dank castle where he has spent his entire life in isolation. It's one of Lovecraft's sh- shortest stories, but also one of his most effective. Like, from what I remember, what made this story so cool is I think, like, the castle was, like, underground or something, and he had to, like, go up to it, get out. It was weird. underground castle. Something weird like that. Like, it was, like, the... Because you know how he always does, like, weird geometry in his work and stuff. It was really, really fucking cool. So is he mo- mostly just like a short story guy, or did he go into full-length novels? No, he, I think, only wrote short stories. I mean, The Mountains of Madness and maybe like The Dunwich Horror. Like, a few of those stories are, I would say, novella length. But not full. Or they might even be novel length, but they were just short stories. Nothing was, because he published in magazines, like mm. Weird Tales and like that stuff, like ser- serial fiction and yeah. things. 
So they, I don't think they ever written like even Edgar Allan Poe because his time he was right before H.P. Lovecraft. His time it wasn't. He only has one novel. So uh, just back then, I don't think a lot of those like horror writers really could publish novels. It was mainly well, you just, even just anybody publishing novels would probably be difficult to uh, do. Imagine how much it I mean, probably cost. Like, back yeah, then. you had like Dick. Well, even like Dickens and stuff. I think a lot of those stories were always like James Joyce. I mean, uh, Finnegan's Wake was one of like the longest craziest works of the time but it was periodical yeah. like it was like a monthly thing like they were all even their novels or what became novels back then where a lot of them uh, were published in magazines at the time because that's where the money was yeah. i mean you know oh number nine it's the end of the list the pale man by julius long 1934 i already described that one so what do you th- i would recommend you mr spencer church read the pale man by julius long yes that's one because that's also what I like about that compared to almost everything else on that list, that's one that modern audiences can read without getting like too bored. Like just the writing style wise, like you're not going to get overwhelmed or just be like, like a love, like how you read H.P. Lovecraft. You're yeah. like, oh my God, like you have to be in a mood. The the Pale Man's more of a, a story I think modern audiences could read and just kind of like read in one sitting. Because like H.P. Lovecraft, it's hard to read one of his short stories in one sitting. You get burnt out. Yeah, yeah, just trying to figure out the words and like mm-hmm. the uh, the way he because from I remember you saying too just the way he says things too is yeah well that's you have the to same say with, it a couple of times is like to understand it well that's the same with Poe and Washington Irving I mean the Legend of Sleepy Hollow I think it's a very short story but it took me I mean I've I've read them in like ten minute chunks or something yeah. but it probably took me two or three days or something yeah. to get through it just because it's like one of those ones you just kind of like okay i need a break you, you took it in like whenever you had to take a shit yeah. <laughs> you know you're just gonna be like like 10 15 minutes it's just i'm yeah. gonna um i would recommend you read the outside like they said in that article the outsider is one of hp lovecraft's most easily readable pieces yeah um and it gives you a good taste of the man's style of writing without overwhelming you because if you even like cthulhu which is only like no, not maybe not the Cthulhu, like the uh, Necronomicon or one of those short stories. Some of them are only like two or three pages, but those two or three pages will take you like forty-five minutes. Sometimes <laughs> you're like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, so check out Julius Long. Like I said, very. If you want to talk about obscure writers, one story. Yeah, like that's obscure, but one of the best stories that you know in the genre. So that's now was cool. it was it like back then was it popular or did it just get popular later? I don't know if it's popular now. I don't think it was ever really popular. I think it's just one of those ones people found and almost like some classic movies people find. Like, wait, this is kind of good. Yeah. And it just becomes... I was just wondering because uh, like, if, like, if it became popular back then, like why you didn't do any more? It must have not have... It's hard to say. Yeah, I don't really know. Like, If you go to his Wikipedia, I don't think there's much on the man, if he even has a Wikipedia. I would like to add to this list The Pit and the Pendulum by Edgar Allan Poe. Obviously, The uh, Telltale Heart is a classic. I mean, I'm sure these were going for shorter stories and uh, free stories, yeah. but uh, Monkey Paw, gotta gotta read Monkey Paw. Yeah, the Monkey's Paw. Um, what other classic horror tales? Just because, to me, I feel it would be a classic if it was just written in a, you know longer period of time. But the uh, what is that? What the Man in the Black Suit by Stephen King? Yeah, I feel like that's one of the best horror story, short stories ever written. Like, it, just the fear and the feelings it invokes for just, like, a short story set in the daytime about a kid who meets the devil in the woods. 
Yeah, and he just went like a suit. Yeah, um, it was really fucking creepy. I think he won uh, a couple of awards for that story. So, like, that's a modern one I would suggest people check out. Um, what what collection was that in? The Bazaar of Bad Dreams or whatever that was called? No, I think that one was in like that. Um, maybe Everything's Irrelevant, I think. Well, you could find that on YouTube as a reading or on a couple websites to read for free. Do you have any horror stories you've read that you would recommend, like classic short stories? Mm. I know Ray Bradbury, I think, has a couple, but I don't, th- I can't think of any off the top of my head. And uh, Kurt Vonnegut, he has a couple that are kind of horror-ish, and uh, they're pretty cool. But I, his, like, those two kind of, especially like Kurt Vonnegut would be more like a sci-fi. Yeah. Shit, uh... Like Joe Hill's first collection of short stories, most of them are like a horror from um, from twentieth century ghosts. Most of those are like great. No, not all. All of them are horror, but like they're all close of them are mostly horror. Um, but yeah, it is, like I haven't delved into like a lot of that classic. It'd just be all like Stephen King stuff. Mm-hmm. Another really popular Edgar Allan Poe short story that's been in a lot of movies and like i think has been adapted to movies and things is uh the black cat oh yeah let's see what else we got D- damn i'm just looking at this list of edgar Allan poe ones i forgot how many he has like the fall of the house of usher the mask of the red death the uh, cask of amana Til- uh i would recommend reading the original frankenstein dracula even though those are only at least frankenstein's not a short story i don't know about dracula but just get your classic horror out of the yeah. way Oh, this is one I want. I I keep fucking telling you we need to do for the uh, for a podcast is read the murder in the Rue Morgue by Edgar Allan Poe. No, it, yeah, you uh, keep on saying like, that. Yeah, because it's the first ever like mystery, like real, like how modern mystery stories are told. It was like the first one. Like he he invented it, and the, like the title's cool. I mean, fucking murder in the morgue. Come on. Uh, oh, the Signal Man by Charles Dickens was pretty cool. I don't know how much of a horror that one is, but I remember reading it, and I think it was about a man who, like, falls off a boat and ends up in, like, the dark water or something. Like, that's obviously a classic horror. Like, think about how scary that would be if you're in the ocean, and you fall off a fucking boat in the dark waters, and then the boat just doesn't know, like, nobody in the boat knows you fell, and they just leave you there. Oh, yeah, and you're just stuck. You can't do anything, just scream until you drown. Like, that would be it. That's one of my worst nightmares. Children of the Corn, if we're going the Stephen King route. We can't go too hard, Stephen King. This is classics, I'm, I'm, though. This is classics, man. That's why we got to get you reading some classics, Spencer. Goddamn fucking Stephen King. Ooh, The Body Snatchers. Ooh. That's another one. Yeah. Robert Louis Stevenson. That's a classic. I mean, how many movies have been done off of that? And how many times has that, that idea been stolen? You know, you got the idea of pod people and shit. That's on the website. Pod people. Pod uh, people. Jesus, this is just almost all Edgar Allan Poe. That tells you how fucking influential that man was. Would you agree or disagree that Edgar Allan Poe is the mo- most important writer of American, like modern American fiction, especially horror fiction? Um, pre nineteen seventy. I mean, probably. Think about, I mean, Lovecraft, Stephen King, like these guys. Uh, I think Bradbury, like all these guys, were influenced by him. Yeah. And his work still holds up, even though some of it's hard to read. Like, all the stories, like, we still talk about these stories, and we're still adapting these stories. Um, Like, Lovecraft just kind of made it because he had Cthulhu. If he didn't have Cthulhu, I don't think his work would have really been known. That's what everybody grabbed. Well, that and the Necronomicon. That's all the same thing. It's all Cthulhu. Like, it's all... 
the Cthulhu mythos. Okay. I didn't know if they were like separate. Because he like... wrote he wrote a lot of short stories and stuff that weren't Cthulhu at all. And people just like, yeah, fucking whatever. Charles Dickens has the haunted house. What about Shirley Jackson? Uh the haunted house. And that might I think that's a novel. Never mind. We got uh, Into the Wood by Robert Aikman. Margaret Sawyer, the wife of a prosperous Manchester building contractor, is bored and unsatisfied with her life. Well, who hasn't been there? (laughs) She travels to Sweden on a business trip with her husband, where she finds herself staying overnight at the Kurhus, a sanatorium for insomniacs, some of whom have not slept for years. I like that idea already. Yeah, I guess we don't have to go into those too hardcore. I'm not going into another list. But I think that there is some fiction you need to get to reading, sir. Yep, yeah. Well, I'm getting there. I only got like, I got like three more Stephen King books to do read. So I'm, I'm getting there. Well, here's the thing, Spencer. Yeah, that's your real name. It's obviously it's not. <laughs> I think that you should read one classic horror short story a week. A week for, for October. Just, uh, no, well, some of these are only uh, like three yeah, pages. Yeah, fair. So, do you want to pick them, or do you want me to pick you one, and then you just read it? Cause I could I could probably find all these online for free. And just have maybe you read make, make 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 uh, like how are we doing a list? Make me like a master list. Well, how about I just give you some of the ones on DPW? I'll just send you randomly because that'd yes. be easiest. Yeah. You know, plus it gives a view to the website. Boost <laughs> <laughs> our own numbers. Every click counts, folks. Every click counts. Because I always pick the uh, shortest stories for that because I don't want to go over like three pages. Yeah. Who the fuck wants to read twenty thousand word story on a website? I don't. No. And no, I know you don't have to make it like each page a next page, but it's a lot easier to read rather because you lose your place when you're got 5,000 words on one page. Yeah. Like, like, what the fuck? I'm trying to think here. Well, my balls are so itchy right now. Because you eat so many. Because I eat so many, I'm growing a new one. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's the expansion of my testicle area, my uh, scrotum is making it quite itchy. It's like when you grow a tumor and your skin's real itchy. Yeah. Is that what is that how it works? Is that how you can tell? I would imagine they get a bug bite. I don't look. I don't know. Why are you talking about this kind of You keep it up. Book of the month. I'm almost done with it. It's about zombies, man. So you folks, I'm already done. So was it the Tower of the Dead? Yes, Tower of the Dead by Ray Wink. Is yes, that his name Wink. And I saw that he was going to be at uh, Columbus. So. Yeah, so we can tell Mr. Wink that we. Uh, well, we'll tell him we enjoyed the work if we enjoyed it. I mean, we'll have to do the review first. Yeah. Maybe he fucking hated it. So far, I'm halfway through. I like it. Yeah. It's fun. We're still doing our giveaway, folks. We haven't got any new fucking things for that recently in like the last week or two. So we need some names for Spencer. Well, when's the cutoff? I said Halloween. Probably. Oh, Halloween. Okay. Why not? Um, we also need poems and flash fiction for the Halloween thing. We have a lot of short stories now. Take, I've been trying to read one a day and getting back to people. It's kind of hard to keep up. Yeah. But we've got some good ones. I'm trying to think. Uh, maybe we should start doing haikus. No. I don't know anything about fucking haikus. No. I remember doing those in school and I was like, nope. I don't like this. Nope. It's stupid. Why do? We, why is this a thing? And, they, and it's, I think like haiku is like a Japanese thing. So what the fuck's a Japanese haiku sound like? You're the one learning Japanese. You tell me. No. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Well, if you like this episode or you hated this episode, let us know by going to drunkenpenwriting.com and going to that contact form and saying, you guys have messed up so many names on this show that I am no longer going to listen or 
conversely, I'm going to keep listening just to tell you how you keep fucking up. <laughs> Both are acceptable, I understand. Or the, how dare you talk about these writers that you've never read their work of, these old white guys, they, you're misrepresenting them. How that would never happen. dare you. I just don't understand how you fucking guys think that you can talk about work and writers that you've never read. You're right, I should just stick to the writers I know. But if I did that from the beginning, I would never read. Yeah. And that's the problem with a lot of people. Yeah. I find if you start reading an author's work and you like one or two of his or her or its story, <laughs> you will continue to read said author's Persons, work. Persons, things. Yeah. yeah. So when we go through these lists, even though I may butcher the names of the French, Irish, African, Japanese, Russian, Colombian, Dominican, Republican, Cuban, Mexican, Canadian, American, American <laughs> Hawaiian, which is a branch of America. I don't care what you say. The Hawaiians have hard names, too. That's a good one. Hawaiian writers. Look, I understand. We're no good. We try so hard. Yeah. We don't really try hard. At, I mean, I could probably like find the. We could probably. We could definitely try harder. <laughs> <laughs> the point is, I feel if even if I butcher people's names or the names of their stories, it'll make you want to just look it up to say, "Hey, this fucking idiot," yeah. and then you can mispronounce it in your own head and act like <laughs> you're superior to me because you Google the pronunciation. <laughs> anyway, you can go to the old Twitter, which is a good place to rant against us if you want. At drunk pen writing, I uh, I don't know about you, Spencer, but I kind of hate Twitter now. There's a lot of angry people on there. Yeah, and they're so quick to like people on Twitter are so quick to voice their anger, but they're very hesitant to share the positives in their life. It's like it's more like this: it's like, oh yeah, I just got published, and you have a bunch of people give fake congratulations, but nobody will click on the link to see like the work you just got published. Yeah. But if you're just like, oh, man, these fucking assholes, they call me racist. Here's the link to the, what they're saying about me. Everyone will click it. It's just, I don't know. I don't know. I think Twitter should... bad. Hashtag bad. Hashtag bad. Bad, tw- bad hash- apples. Yeah. Hashtag bad Twitter. Boo hiss. We need to do some fall-related things. Ha- hashtag rotten pumpkins. <laughs> uh, you can go to Facebook, Drunk Pen Writing, and you can... Uh... I feel like we should probably... Do you think we should start using Facebook more than Twitter? Because that's where the engagement comes from, and you can write longer posts there. But yeah, Ash from here read this. He uh, just recently got on Twitter, and I gave him a couple pointers. But he said, I think he was telling us the one time he had mo- his most uh, interaction on Instagram of all places. Yeah, I think he was saying yeah that one time we was talking to him. Uh, before we recorded, didn't wasn't he was saying that we were just yeah. like we don't know what to put on there. Yeah, I mean. I'm thinking, though, when we do lists like this, we could do, you know, like H.P. Lovecraft and do facts about H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah. That might be cool. I mean, we could try yeah. it out. It's just like another fucking thing, man. Here, how about this? Which one do you want to take over, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram? And you'll have to moderate it really strictly every day like I do on all these platforms. Instagram, maybe? <laughs> it seems like the easiest. <laughs> you have to be very strict with your grammar uh. and your spelling. And your and what you're posting, and make sure like you don't accidentally share dick pics, and you have to really be precise with your hashtag hashtags. The hashtag I've always had trouble hashtagging. I ha- I don't hashtag. I, what I do with hashtags is I just look what's trending and use that, <laughs> which is usually just like am writing, writing community, am reading, like those kind of things. But like some people go real hard on the hashtags. And I don't know what the like. How do you? 
Are you good at this or are you bad at this? And people just, like, I don't know the rules. I should get Mindy to do this. Mindy, what? do you want to be our social media manager for an Instagram account? Yeah. You could do Done. it. We're going to, come here. Come in the, the kitchen. I mean the studio. Yeah. <laughs> come in not the fake dining room. I'm talking about putting up an Instagram because our buddy, the British feller, Ash from uh, Ear Read This Podcast says he gets most of his interaction on uh, Instagram, surprisingly, for the podcast. Yeah. So we're thinking maybe when we do lists like we just did the classic horror stories, like Edgar Allan Poe or H.P. Lovecraft, for instance, find a cool picture of them or some art. Well, we probably don't want to do art. I don't want to anybody's work. Maybe just yeah. a picture. Share that and then do like facts about the person or because it's got to be related. Then we could do podcast related things. And uh, But you're you're a lady. Yeah. But then I have to learn. Learn what? About what I'm posting. Yeah. Oh, that might be a problem. You can't take the five minutes out of your day to learn about like... Google? Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, I guess I can. And uh, you don't have to do one or two posts a day, if that. Maybe. Is there an incentive? Well, yeah, uh, I don't think you can talk about those incentives <laughs> on air. <laughs> Remember this ball eating thing you sent me? <laughs> I sent you something else. You just didn't open it. Yet. Also, you didn't tell Spencer about the comic that I've been reading that you've got to read. I wanted oh. to tell you, Spencer. I will in a minute. Let's go back to Instagram for a second, and then I'll look up the thing you sent me. <laughs> so I don't want to checklist. Yeah, we're at the end of this this fucking twenty minute outro. It's gonna be longer than the whole episode. It's all right. You know what? This is gonna be the first October episode. I'm. We're just. We're floating through. October is a busy time for us. Yeah. Like we haven't been posted much in September, but you folks need to know October is gonna be fucking jam packed. So that's why I've been kind of easing up because anthology, nonstop short stories, people submitting, fucking Mindy on Instagram now. Yeah. It's gonna be wild. It's gonna be chaos. But what other ideas? Because Ash said Ash has his sister. She uh, draws. Yeah, and she, she does a lot of art. custom art form, like cla- like Charles Dickens and a lot of classic pictures. And then he says that gets a lot of uh, um, interaction. Like people like that. Well, I was thinking what we could start doing, for instance, not just the fucking classic writers and stuff, but like how we were talking about doing an episode about classic uh, fictional villains and stuff. Yeah. You know, do a pinhead, do modern things like that, do some scary movies, and you could do like a poster from a movie or. Uh, I don't know. Who's your... Freddy. You're, you're a Freddy lady, right? Like Nightmare on Elm Street? Yeah, that scares me. Yeah, so we could do like a Nightmare on Elm Street, the first movie poster. Yeah. And you could do some facts on why Freddy's cool. And you know, just a little quick post. Yeah. You don't seem so stoked. Yeah. You're all about it. I, what what would you post? Just inspirational writing messages. <laughs> well, then we could also do like... um once we It would be nice too once we have a product that we can, you know, post pictures pictures of the book and like maybe uh start taking yeah. like pictures of like a word count for the day or something like that and po- you know post those i think that is a very good idea that we should probably do because twitter is not where it's at for getting people to like people like twitter and facebook they like like the memes and stuff i share and they, they comment and things like that but they're not too heavy on the link clicks yeah like, they, like you post a story you have to like really prod you almost have to guilt them into like oh man you know i overcame cancer you should read my story like that's what people always do and i don't like fucking making up shit anyway mindy's been reading this comic that i got her into because it's like one of her cw shows but comic form and it's very entertaining and what is it 84 issues now that you've read 
in is like it, a matter it, of a few days. Is it like a webcomic? Yeah. Yes. Okay. It's called Let's Play. All right. I downloaded the Webtoon. Yeah. App. She got the app. She even spent money to buy some issues that weren't out yet because you can buy issues. Yeah, she is into it. And I'm proud because I've been trying to get her to read comics for a long time. Who is the writer of this? I don't, I'm not finding her name. It's very good. Well, since. Oh, I guess yeah. that is her name. The, uh, the writer of Let's Play and the creator, she does all the art, obviously, is Mongi. Mongi is an illustrator, concept artist, former code monkey, part-time Amazonian princess, level 14 elven mage, recovering MMO addict, retired tuba player, and a short order cook to her cats. But, despite what sounds super nerdy, which it is a nerdy con because it's about a video game creator and yeah. stuff, and... It's really well. It's very well done. Nice. I I enjoy it, and I don't really enjoy you know the romance type of yeah. things like that. But it's very enjoyable. And Miss Melinda Mullaney Junior Sanchez. Junior. <laughs> I see. Since since you already got the, the app, you should check out. Um, there's a writer uh, that I like called Justin Jordan. He has a he has a series on there uh, on the on the old webtoons called Urban Animal. Um, it's kind of more of like a, um, like sci-fi kind of like, there's like people turn into like animals and like, can, like there's half animal, half people things. I, I kind of think I haven't had a chance to, to read it, but, but I mean, while you're chatting, you know, while you're, you're already on there, you, you know, you need to ex- explore my options. Yes. Expand your reading list. I opened what you sent me, Mindy, and it is a pitch. It's a GIF or animated. What do they call this? Uh. What the fuck do they call this stupid thing? Avatar. Oh, yeah. It's an avatar of yourself raising your hand saying, I eat ass. So I guess Mindy <laughs> eats ass. I mean, that's what I'm gathering. Now, it look now because her fucking writing's so wonderful, it looks like it says leet ass. But it's not leet ass. It's I eat ass. But, I mean, that's her, I like, mean, that's her raising her hand saying she, she eats ass, right? Yeah, or just, yeah, like she's waving like, I eat ass. Also, I don't know why, but she kind of almost looks like me, maybe. Or, like, she looks like a dude a little bit in that yeah. avatar. Like the mouth looks kind of mannish. Well, I didn't choose the mouth. Well, does it look like me though? No. Thanks. Your hair's not that red. Oh, thanks. No, I'm just saying that that's like a carrot. I know, right? Carrots aren't red. Uh, they're orange. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So if you folks wonder, apparently Mindy eats ass. I wouldn't know about that, but maybe in her past or something. It's hard to say. She reads comics and all those, so who knows what she's into these days. <laughs> so, But she did say your birthday's coming up, so. That's true. Anyway, head on over to Drunk Pen Writing. Let us know what you think. And remember, enter the giveaway and submit some Halloween-themed stuff. You'll, you'll enjoy it. You never know. And look out for the anthology, which we'll keep hosting about nonstop until you get irritated. Till then, have a wonderful day. Goodbye. Bye.